Soccer new mic. Check, check, check. Sibilance. Sibilance. Person new mic. Check, check. Sib... What? Sibilance. What's that? Uh, well, it means... Um, you see... Don't know, do ya, noob? <sighs> Just cause you're right. <sighs> Fine, let's get to our checklist. Try Pepsi? Check. Peanut goldfish crackers? Check. Alright, what's left? Time to turn this mother out. Daughter of mine, you were only eight. You cannot say... There will be no mother turning. That's inappropriate. Oh, well, here comes the music. Uh, let's just move on then. Anyway, hello and welcome to the weekly World Match Previews podcast called The Ten to Track. Me, soccer noob, she, eight-year-old daughter, person noob, we preview the 10 most important matches that you will find anywhere in the world. How do we define them? Well, our way, as only noobs can, or at least choose to. Uh, Typically, what you'll hear us talking about is one versus two matchups from the Premier Leagues or top-flight domestic leagues from anywhere in the world. Bigs leagues, small leagues, anywhere in between, anywhere where they're giving away a shiny trophy, we're not afraid to go. Uh, FA Cups, whether it's big matches near the end or minnows, little teams from further down a country's pyramid trying to giant slay. We'll just about go anywhere. We're going to have lots of fun. Plus, you'll hear our our favorite and uh, some surprising bonus features at the very end, some of our matches. This is episode 23. We are doing matches from Friday, March 5 through Thursday, March 11. Now you know, so here we go. Let's turn this mother... Now you've got me doing it, noob child. Match number one! And actually, despite what I said in the intro, we don't have any Friday matches that made the cut for the 10 to track. So, our first match takes us to Slovakia, their Super League. This is the number 33-rated league in UEFA. That's down two notches from a year ago. They got passed up by Hungary and Slovenia, just to lend some perspective. Uh, This is the very last match in the, uh, let's call it the regular season. Like a lot of leagues, this league, about 75 to 80% of the way through, The top half of their league just starts up a round robin called the championship round, and they'll only play other people within their grouping, and then the second half of the league plays in a relegation round. During that round, or those rounds, the championship and relegation, they will just play five more matches, a single round robin. The points from the regular season are going to carry over. Our matchup, Slovan Bratislava. Number one of the league, taking on DAC 1904, Dunajska Strada. Uh, Slovan lead by seven points in the table, and so that will, again, carry over into the championship round. So with just six matches to go, uh, Dunajska Strada really need to pick up at least one point here, and probably three if they want any shot at the title. Uh, They have second place probably more or less wrapped up. They lead the third best team by nine points in the table. Uh, the winner is going to be the only one that gets to go to the Champions League. Two other teams will get to go to the tertiary international tournament in Europe, the Europa Conference League, that will be being played for the first time this year. Uh, in truth for this league, the really big match uh, probably involves a team called Rusembarek because uh, they're the team that right now is at the top of the bottom half of the standings, and they would like to be a, you know make a move. But what can I say? We almost named the show Soccer Squirrel. But uh, because, rather, I am attracted to many, many shiny things, mostly one-two matchups like this. So here we go. A little bit about each of our combatants. Slovan Bratislava, they are known as the Hawks from Brickfield. 
Since 1993, they have won 14 league titles, and they are the two-time defending champions. Uh, tell you where they are a little bit overall within Europe. This team is probably rated just inside the best 150 by UEFA. They've never made a Champions League group stage appearance. Uh, this year uh, in the Champions League, they lost to a team from the Faroe Islands, simply called KI. Uh, they lost nil three. And then in the Europa League, they lost to a Finnish team called KUPS in the second qualifying round. Their best international finish, 2011, they made the Europa League group stage. Only time they've ever done that. How are they doing this year domestically? Best offense and really separate themselves on defense. They've only allowed 11 goals through in 21 matches. The offense, uh, they've got tied for number three league scorer, Brazilian Rafael Ratau. He's 25 years old, a forward, been playing pro ball since he was 16 or 17. If you're a hardcore European footy fan, you could recognize his name from elsewhere as he played in a somewhat bigger league in Ukraine's top flight for Zoria Luhansk. He played there two years ago. Uh, tied for number two in assists in the lead, Alexander Sandrich and a single name player from Spain simply called Nono. And uh, if Nono is familiar to you being from Spain, he has done some time in uh, La Liga, best league in the world. Uh, he played for both uh, Elche and Betis. And then where they really shine, the goalkeeping and defensive side, their goalkeeper, number one in the league statistically, Dominique Graef. I hope I'm getting that right, G-R-E-I-F. He's just 23, a whopping six feet, six inches tall. And to date, he has played his entire youth and senior career just with Slovan Bratislava. Nobody else. He's already earned four national team caps since 2019. One wonders when a guy doing that well and with those sort of physical stats might get to move on to a bigger league. And we'll already know him. Meanwhile, Dunajska Strada, that's the full name of the town they're from as well. It's in the southeast part of the country, uh, pretty close to the Hungarian border, a town of about 25,000. Translation's a little interesting. It translates to Wednesday or midweek lower market. Yeah. Not the most exciting name in the world, but nevertheless, it is theirs. They are very popular with the Hungarian minority in the country. And in this town, the Hungarians are the majority. And in fact, it's really caused... Uh, sort of some kerfuffle with the FA in the past because uh, all their officials uh, speak uh, Hungarian, I believe, uh, generally speaking to the press and at official functions, and they sing the Hungarian anthem uh, at the games, which is a really big deal. But so far, the FA really hasn't been able or been willing to do anything uh, about it to curtail it. Uh, their best league ever finished. They've never won it, but they did finish second best in the league in 2018-19. They have made the Europa League the last three years. And just in this last year, they actually won two games, two games rather, before losing in the third qualifying round to a, a much bigger Austrian team, LASK. Uh, they really got their uh, lunch handed to them, nil seven in that particular one. Last year in the league, they finished number three. This year, they have both the second best offense and defense. Although, truth be told, about the top two thirds of the teams in this league are all pretty tight statistically when it comes to defense. They've got a, a guy who was tied for number one score in their league. Zolt Kalmar, he is Hungarian, a midfielder, 25 years old. Uh, he did four years with uh, Leipzig, but he only made a handful of appearances for them, I believe, just a dozen or so. He was loaned out two of those four years. He's got 24 national team caps since 2014, and he is also tied for number two in assists. And much to my surprise, because I'd never heard of this guy, I'm always looking for USA Connections. 
They just picked up a midfielder from the U.S. named Creighton Braun, a college player who, uh, like a lot of college players, I guess, and I'm just coming to learn, is using this year as sort of a, with coronavirus and uh, soccer not being played much of anywhere uh, collegially, he's using this as a gap year, and he went to Europe and auditioned for a couple teams, including Schalke of the Bundesliga was interested but the team that ended up signing him was this one. So I don't know whether or not he'll be coming back stateside, but if not, good luck to him on his international career. Be fun to see if he makes it uh, to the USMNT roster as well. Match number B. This is always a great time for me to thank my daughter, person new before her pre-recorded countdown duties. And it's also a great time to just re-explain, if you're new to the show, it is a first-time explanation, of course, What's the deal with match number B? Well, she's eight, and I try to raise her right. And quite frankly, number two just sounds like bathroom talk. So, one B, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, and so on. Match number B, that's how we count. Join the revolution of number B. We are headed to Ethiopia for our second match of the track. Uh, can't tell you a lot about these particular teams. It's harder to find information quickly on some of the sub-Saharan Africa teams than it is some of the uh, even medium-sized or smaller uh, European leagues and clubs. Nevertheless, I like finding what I can and sharing it with you. Welcome to my learning journey. The Ethiopia Premier League. It is the number 27 rated league in uh, the CAF, which is Africa's confederation. That's near the bottom of all the countries that they rank, but they only rank about, oh, maybe two-thirds of the confederation. So the fact that they're in the ranking still means that this is a pretty decent league. They're about halfway through the season there, and our matchup is number two, or whoops, number B, Ethiopia Bunna taking on number one, Fasil Kenema. Uh, Fasil Kenema lead in the table by five right now. And then uh, Ethiopia Bunna lead third place, St. George by three. The winner's going to get a Champions League berth. The second place team is going to go to Africa's version of the Europa League, which is uh, called the Confederation Cup. So, a little bit about each. Uh, Ethiopian Bunna, or that just simply translates to coffee, so you can call the club Ethiopian Coffee. They are playing out of Addis Ababa, which is the capital of the country. A couple of nicknames. They are called the Morning Star, which I find very, very cool. And a team nickname is the Coffee Market which I can only assume is uh, maybe more intimidating uh, uh, before it gets translated. I don't know. Kind of a strange one. They have won two league titles. The most recent one for them was in 2011. Their best international finish in 1998. They made the second round of the Champions League. So not a real deep run, but it beats going out in the first round. And this team is entirely made up, and I don't think it's by league rule by any means, but of 100% players just from the nation of Ethiopia. Kind of interesting. Last year, they were in first place when the season was canceled. So not an official title, but you know, good on them for having a good part of a season. This year, they are number one on offense, but way below average on defense. So one wonders, uh, once they get into the second half of the season, if they're going to be able to maintain. And uh, the visitors then, uh, Faso Kenema, or we can just call them uh, Faso City FC if you prefer. In any case, they play out of the city of Gondar, uh, that is in the northwest part of the country, uh, 300,000 or so people. And I, I've perused some pictures from this area. It is just gorgeous. They do a lot of tourism, more maybe than any other part of Ethiopia here, because of all the castles. They are called the Camelot of Africa for an excellent reason. Their nickname is the Emperors. They were founded in just 2007-2008 season. 
the information I found wasn't completely clear, but I believe I can be correct in saying that the best they have ever done the league is just sixth place in 2017-18. So it's a big deal that they're up this far. I gather that they've yo-yoed between the top flight and the second division. Yes, even in Ethiopia, they have uh, more than just the the one division of uh, professional or semi-pro football. Although, who knows, maybe the second or lower levels are amateur. In any case, they do actually have a pyramid there. The last full season they played, they finished number three. And this year, they are very well balanced, number three on offense and number two on defense. Match number three. Back to Europe we go to the Maltese Premier League. Malta gets to boast, if we can use that word, of the number 46 rated league in all of UEFA. Uh, That situates them in the rankings uh, between Moldova and Faroe Islands. Uh, And that is down a spot from a year ago. They got passed by the country of Georgia. They're over two-thirds of the way uh, through the season here. Uh, Because they're so far down in the coefficients, they do just get the bare minimum for international berths. One uh, UEFA Champions League berth, first qualifying round, and then two first qualifying berths for the uh, ECL as well. Your matchup, number one, Hamroon Spartans. I've been practicing my pronunciation. It sounds a little bit like Cameroon, even though it only looks like two syllables. And the second place currently, Hibernians. Uh, The Spartans currently lead by two in the table. Hibernians lead number three, Gazira, by five. A little bit about each, the Spartans. They're from the east central part of the uh, southern of the main two islands. The other uh, main island to the north is Gozo, and they actually have their own league that is only kind of sort of part of the Maltese pyramid. We've talked about them on other shows before, and I'm sure will again. They're not FIFA affiliated. But in any case, this team... The town's only of about 10,000. I love their nicknames. They are known as the Knife Wielders, uh, based on the fact that there was a lot of uh, port city work in the area, so uh, a lot of stevedores carrying around big knives, and just plain old The Scary Ones. Um, In uh, 2019, they were having a lot of financial trouble, and they had to sell off a bunch of key players for cash to basically stay afloat. But they found new financial backing last year, and with that, they went and bought the three best national team players that were available. And so far, it looks like it's paying off. Uh, They've got seven league titles to their name. Last time they won it, though, was in 1990-1991 season. So it would be a really big deal if by getting those players, if they could uh, really make a push and even perhaps take the league crown. They have not gotten to partake in a single international competition, at least here in the 20th century. Last year, they only finished number nine in the league. This year, they're doing it mostly on the uh, backs or feet, if you will, of the offense. Uh, They are number one, third best defense, but a lot of the teams statistically kind of look the same there in the top half, the Maltese PL. The scoring, you're getting that largely courtesy of number two, or he's tied for that position. Number B, I keep messing that up, uh, scoring leader Franklin Sassari. He's from Nigeria, a forward, just 22 years old, and he's already gotten some European time as well. Uh, He has made a few appearances for Lugano over in Switzerland. It's a little bit unclear based on what I'm seeing, but my guess is that they still hold the rights to him that he is over here in Malta on loan. In any case, your visitors, the challengers, Hibernians, they are known as the Peacocks, and they have a great big image of one on their crest, and it is glorious. One of my favorite crests. Also, an early happy 100th birthday to Hibernians. They were founded 99 years ago, so congratulations on being about to make it to that first century mark. 
Their very first year, they were not known by Hibernians. They only played one year under the name Constitutionals FC. And the team had been named uh, because uh, the owners and the people involved were representing the pro-British party of the same name. But then uh, in the subsequent year, uh, that party uh, ticked off a bunch of the Catholics, which you cannot do in Malta or anywhere near Italy, of course. And so they changed the name. Uh, they are based in the town of uh, Paola, uh, another city of about 10,000, southern port city. It's actually just a few miles away from their host today and a few miles away from the capital of Valletta. They have 12 league titles, so this is the established power in the country, although they haven't won one since uh, 2016-17. They have gotten, of course, to go there for to a lot of uh, Champions League and Europa League action, but they have never gotten past the second qualifying round of any international competition. Last full season they got to play, 2018-2019, they finished in second place this year. Very well balanced, second best offense, number one defense, and they have Jake Gretsch, or Grech, G-R-E-C-H, to thank for that, 23-year-old midfielder, and he's been playing with the uh, national team since 2018. In this league, he is tied for number four in scoring. Match number four. That wraps up our Saturday matches. Match number four is a Sunday match and one of the two derbies we're going to cover, sort of, or derbies, excuse me. Uh, the Manchester variety. City is hosting United this week. Very big matchup in the English Premier League. Noob understands that if you listen to this podcast, that you listen to plenty of other ones in all likelihood and have probably been following the sport longer than me. Noob is not just a character name. It is my life. I will not pretend to be able to tell you as much or more about the Manchester Derby than other lifelong fans and podcast hopes. So instead, let's use this as an opportunity to try to uh, maybe uh, have a little fun at the expense of our in-house prognosticator. Here soon for his appearance, as he does weekly, where he divines scores for us. It's going to be the 35-year-old seer. He of the flowing hair and magical blue robes who can see all sorts of otherworldly knowledge. But let's try to have a little fun on him. So, Noobstradamus. We're going to go with the first names they ever had for the club and see if he gets it. Noobstradamus, if you can hear me, we need you to touch the spirit world and tell us who is going to win the derby between St. Mark's Gorton versus Newton Heath LYRFC. How do you think it's going to go? Asshat. Well, that wasn't friendly at all. I guess the joke was on us. He must know what they mean. He is 3,500 years old, after all. Oh, well. There's your preview for the Manchester Derby. Match number five. Another Sunday match and another non-preview preview, if you will. It's another big derby. There's a derby. There's a slew of them this weekend all over Europe. In fact, I almost did the number two versus number three teams in the Greek Super League, uh, the Thessalonikai derby. But I'm really big on just one versus two. You're going to get your derby coverage lots of places. We're going to touch on this, but once again, have a little fun. Your match number five is uh, La Liga's uh, Madrid derby. It is Atletico Madrid versus Real Madrid. But once again, you can get deeper dives on those, uh, you know, games like this from other hosts. So instead, we're going to talk about something else. No, we're going to talk about Liga ACB. It's one of the best professional 
basketball leagues in the entire world. Obviously, NBA is number one, but Spain is going to be one of those that's right up there. They have their own Madrid derby, although I don't know if they call it that. But back on February 7th this season, you had movie star Estudiantes, who are from Madrid, taking on Real Madrid. And Real Madrid won the game 65-79. Not a real big surprise. Real Madrid is uh, one of the best teams in all of Europe. They get to go to uh, the Euro League every single year after they win or get close to winning uh, Liga ACB. Movie star Estudiantes, not so much still. Uh, but for Real Madrid in that game, uh, former Utah State player J.C. Carroll had 17 points. For Club Estudiantes, they had the leading score for the game, Alexa uh, Avramovich, and uh, I believe he played stateside as well. I think he had dual nationality. In any case, this club struggles a lot. In fact, they were in last place last year, I believe, when the season got canceled early. And so COVID saved them from uh, being relegated, quite frankly. Interesting side note, this is one of only two clubs in uh, all of La Liga that has both a men's and women's team in the top flight. And they've also got an American connection. Uh, I'm not as sure about the uh, Alexa guy, but I do know this one. They've got a guy who's seven foot one named Alec Brown, who played of all places for Wisconsin Green Bay. Uh, on the year this year, they are only 6-15 and 15 as a team. They are in 15th place out of the 19 teams. And this year, two teams will get relegated. And so that is your non-coverage coverage of the, or at least a, Madrid Derby. You're welcome. Match number six. Okay, fine. Noob will actually get back to previewing some football for you. Match number six. Europe, we're staying there and headed to France, the Coupe de France specifically. It's the round of 32 in France's FA Cup. And the match in this round that we're going to focus on is Angers. It's spelled like Angers, and they are in the top flight, of course, League One in France, taking on from Martinique's top flight. That's a country in the uh, lesser Antilles, of memory serves, in the Caribbean. And uh, one of their two big power clubs is Club Franciscane, and they have advanced from the overseas area. A little bit about each. Uh, Angers, they're from an area that is known for having been the home of the Plantagenet dynasty, uh, Anjou, in the northwest part of France. Uh, the city is now uh, 250,000 roughly, and the city proper, uh, the metro area, is almost double that size. In this event, they have been runners-up twice, and most recently in 2017. This year in the league, uh, mediocre season. They're number nine uh, out of the 20 teams this year so far. Uh, and they've been working real hard having to get some close games in to even do that because statistically uh, they're below average actually both on the offense and the defensive side of the ball. Uh, they just entered the fray for the FA Cup last round where they beat fellow League One side Wren. And their best all-around player, a guy to look for in the box score, is uh, central attacking midfielder Angelo Fulgini. And he, on the year, has five goals and three assists. But now on to the team that at least I am more interested in learning about because we all know a lot about the things from the big leagues in France or all over Europe and the world. But Martinique, this is where the fun is. From 2002 until pretty recently, none of the winners were uh, going to the Caribbean uh, sub-confederation stuff and competing in CONCACAF things. They're actually a member of CONCACAF, by the way. But they get to play in the French FA Cup. They're considered, uh, all the overseas territories are considered part of the sixth level of the French pyramid. Now, just within the last couple of years, they have started sending teams again. And in 2018, 
uh, this team, Club Franciscan, actually won uh, the Caribbean Club Shield. A little bit about that. There are two uh, Caribbean tournaments, one for the professional and semi-professional leagues, and then one for the amateur leagues that they're trying to build up. Martinique is one of the better ones in uh, the second of those two categories. Uh, in their history, uh, due to uh, despite the fact that it's an amateur league, they've actually made five CONCACAF Champions League appearances historically back when they used to participate more in CONCACAF things. To get to this point, they had to win a couple of games. They beat A.S. Uh, Samaritain, I'm going to pronounce it. That is a fellow club from Martinique in their overseas tie. And then they also had to win one against another overseas team, but what is called the Amateur Path in the Coupe de France. And they beat, from French Guiana, U.S. Cinemary. It was 1-1, uh, and then they won 1-3 on penalties. This year, in the top flight in Martinique in the Division d'Honneur, they are 10-0-1, which leads Group B there. Uh, the other power from that country, just as a side note, leading Group A, 11-0-1, is a club called Golden Lion. Uh, the town they're from is called Le Francois. It's in the east-central part of the country. Uh, might have about 20,000 people. And this is the most interesting side note of all. The last time, several years ago, uh, but within the uh, 21st century, that they got this far in the tournament, they won a game nil two against this very same club. So will history repeat itself? Can't wait to find out. And the three mu sounder done by Person Noob imitating our kittens for some reason has come to mean for this show that we are taking a break from the current tracking of matches to take a look back at the week that was. This would be a very ill-named show if we did not look back and track the previous episode matches. So let's take a moment or three to do that. Match number one from last week. Where had we gone? We've got to scroll up. Uh, it was a Friday match. We went to Northern Ireland for the premiership there, number one Linfield. Uh, they beat second place Larn 2-1, to one, and a player named Shane Lavery had a brace. Saturday, match number three, we went to Bulgaria, where number one Ludogorets Razgrad took on second place CSKA Sofia. Ludogorets maintained their stranglehold on first place with a 1-0 win Sunday. Um, as we just talked about, the Copa do Brasil uh, first leg of the final, their FA Cup, went to Palmyras, 0-1. Match number four last week, the Danish Superliga. We had number B, Mituland, taking on number one, Brondby. Brondby and Mituland won 1-0. And so they ended up switching places on the table. You now have a number new number one in Mituland. Match number five, the Netherlands, the Dutch Eredivisie top flight. We had uh, number B, PSV Eindhoven, taking on number one, Ajax. And the result was a 1-1 draw. Interesting in that uh, guy that we said to look for, Tadic, he had an equalizing penalty made at the 90th minute plus two for Ajax to lead to that being a draw. Match number six was the Scottish League Cup final. Congratulations to the trophy hoisters. St. Johnstone went to Glasgow and took on and beat Livingston, nil one. Match number seven, we went to the Bangladesh Premier League of all places. Second place, Dhaka Abahani took on number one, Basuhundra Kings. And the result was a rout. The visitors, the Kings won nil four. Guy we said to look for, Argentinian named Raul Becerra or Becerra. He had a brace of goals and an assist. Monday, match number eight, we went to Bosnia and Herzegovina, their Premier League. Second place, 
Zaleznachar taking on number one Sarajevo, and the result was a nil-nil draw. Wednesday, match number nine, the Swiss Super League. We had number two Basel, whoops, number B Basel, taking on uh, first place Young Boys of Bern, who have been running away with the league, and the uh, result was a 1-1 draw. Thursday, match number 10 uh, was the Bahraini Kings Cup. We had Al Rifa taking on Aleli and the favorites first place in the league, the, the top league there. Al Rifa won 2 0. Your bonus matches, which if you're not familiar with this week, uh, with these, just bear with me until the end of the podcast when all things shall become clear. Last week's route of the week, a Wednesday match, we went to Turkey for their two, their Super League and second to last place. They had been in last place when I first scouted it. Uh, Ankara Gicu took on number one Galatasaray and for the second time in podcast history here. We actually had an upset, and your second-to-last place team knocked off the league leaders 2-1. to one. Guy we said to look for, Saba Lobzanidze, he had the game-winning goal. Interestingly, Galatasaray had a red card in the second half and yet came back from 2-0 down to get their goal. Uh, Galatasaray are still number one, but now they are tied in the table on points with uh, Turkish rivals Besiktas, and they lead them by just one on goal differential. Meanwhile, uh, Ankara Giju, they ended up climbing up to number 19, still in the relegation zone, though. Your most meaningless match in the world last week, Wednesday, we went to Hungary, their top flight, the NB1, for number one, Mezegovest, taking on number eight, Zolaigerzeg. <laughs> Trying to remember these pronunciations from a week ago. And uh, Mezegovest won the game 2-0. They move up in the table to number five. And strangely enough, even though this was supposed to be the most meaningless match in the world, uh, Zolaigerzeg dropped all the way down to number 11, second to last place into the relegation zone. Not so meaningless after all, potentially. And then finally, your match of disappointment was a Tuesday match in the South African top flight, the premier division there. Number 15, Maritzburg United took on last place Black Leopards and the team with the strange nickname of the team of choice. Maritzburg United won the game 1-0, but uh, nobody has chosen them to climb. These are still the bottom two teams in that league. And that concludes last week's episode 22's 10 to track recap. Now let's get back to the current week's tracking with match number seven. Lucky number seven takes us to South America for the Copa do Brasil final. This is the second final match of the two-legged tie. The winner gets to go to the next Copa Libertadores. That's the South American Champions League group stage. Uh, Palmyris is taking on Gremio, and Palmyris will be hosting the second leg. They won the first match on the road 0-1. A little bit about each. Palmyris, they are already actually getting a Copa Libertadores group stage berth for winning last year's. Uh, Copa Libertadores, so they don't need to win the title in that particular instance, but they're here. The league season in Brazil, Serie A is over, so I don't think they're going to be resting starters. They're going to be going for the trophy. They finished number seven in the league this year, which would not have been good enough, actually, to get to the Copa Libertadores group stage. They would have had to start back in one of the qualifying rounds. Uh, this year, they have really ridden it hard on the defense. They were number three in Serie A in that category, but they were barely above average offensively. 
They have won the Copa do Brazil three times, most recently in 2015. And I think the guy to look for, the guy who's been scoring the most in this event, if not necessarily during their league play, has been uh, Rafael uh, Veiga. He is an attacking midfielder and tied for number five. Meanwhile, Gremio, they finished number six in the league. And so they have earned a... Uh, Copa Libertadores berth based on that finish, but they would have to start in the second qualifying round. So this is a bigger deal for them. They get to skip a match in the Copa Libertadores if they can win this particular trophy. Uh, number six on offense, a little bit weaker, but a much better defense. Top four in the league. They have five event titles to their credit, taking home that cup trophy that many times. Most recently, 2016 and tied for number five in scoring and the man to look for will be key to the match i believe diego sosa he is an attacking midfielder and the veteran of this group at 35 years old match number eight this is the last of our weekend matches we stay in europe it's a very european centric time of year but we are headed to the women's side of the ball the women's serie a specifically in italy now, women's professional football seems to be fairly new there compared to a lot of other countries for what I've been picking up. And so they're only rated the number 10 league in UEFA. And in fact, that's down from a year ago. They just got passed by uh, Kazakhstan in the European coefficients. They're far enough down that instead of three Champions League bursts, they only get two. They're a little bit halfway through, over halfway through the season there. The match is number one Juventus taking on second place currently AC Milan. In the table, Juventus lead by three, and then Milan in turn lead third place Sassuolo by eight. So barring a complete Milan collapse, uh, these are going to be your two teams that are representing uh, Italy in the Women's Champions League next year. A little bit about each. Juventus founded in 2017, and uh, they have uh, hit the ground running to say the least. They have won all three league titles since they came to be. Uh, just this past year in the Champions League, they had the misfortune to play Lyon from France in the round of 32. That's where they lost. Lyon is uh, probably the best women's team in the world, and certainly in France. Uh, this team has domestically the number one offense. They are, score over three goals per match. Number one defense, only letting in, on average, a goal from their opponents every other match. Key players to look for. Number three, or excuse me, number one league leading scorer, Christiana Girelli. She's a veteran, been playing with the national team since 2013. And then another veteran, been playing with the national team since 2012. She leads the league and assists Barbara Bonansea. Meanwhile, AC Milan, and this is sort of my upset pick for the week. I think that they're going to be able to win on the road. And you might think to yourself, one versus two, is that really an upset when it happens? Not necessarily, but there's a lot less parity in the women's game, and it is a road game for Milan. A win here would be a really, really big deal. They're an even newer club. They were founded in 2018. They finished third place last year in the league. They boast the number B league score in Valentina Giancinti. She's been playing with the national team since 2015. And this is the reason that I think that they're going to be able to pull the upset. They've got three gals who are all in the top eight in assists for this club. They pass the ball around like nobody's business. And I think they're going to pull the upset and win this entire league. Match number nine. The weekend may be done, but not our fun. Match number nine takes us down under. To Australia, their top flight, or the A-League. This is uh, They play in the Asian Football Confederation as of several years ago, and they're rated as the number 11 league in that confederation. It puts them between countries like Uzbekistan and Jordan. In this league, the top six are going to make the playoffs. 
Uh, internationally speaking, they get one Champions League group stage berth, and then two teams make the Champions League playoff round, which is the round right before the group stage. And the matchup is a real surprise. They're, they're 10 matches into the season, so it's not super young, and I don't think anybody would predict that either of these teams was going to be where they are to date. Number one, Central Coast Mariners, a team that's just been absolute cellar dwellers in the entire time that I've been following football. Versus a club that didn't exist until this year. Uh, second place in the table, MacArthur FC. Central Coast lead by four in the table right now. A little bit about them first. They play out of uh, the town of Gosford, which is about 50 miles uh, north of Sydney. They're in what's called the Central Coast region in New South Wales. Gosford itself is very, very small. But the whole area of the CCR has about 350,000 people. That said, this is still one of, if not perhaps, the smallest market in all of Australia for top flight football. They're owned by a guy named Michael Charlesworth, and he's actually been trying to uh, sell the club for a year or so. And just as an interesting uh, English side note, Sheffield United has some financial investment with this club. Now, in Australia, when you're talking about the league, uh, there are two different types of titles you can get. When you win the regular season title, you are called the Premier. And then if you win the championship playoffs, you are called the Champions. CCM only has two regular season titles for their credit, or Premiers, and they most recently won it in 2011-2012. And then one playoff championship they won it the following year, 2013. Last year, they finished dead last in the league. Thankfully for them, in Australia, just like in MLS, uh, they don't have pro-rel there. So they get to stay up indefinitely. They've got the second-best offense this year, and they are tied for number one in the league in defense. Goodness knows how, but good on them. What an improvement from last year or any time. They've got the best guy, I think, to look for. Uh, he's tied for number three in the league in scoring. His name is Alo Kual, K-U-O-L. And uh, he uh, is eligible for the Australian national team, but he is from Sudan. His family uh, fled there when he was very, very young as refugees. Okay, your visitors, MacArthur FC. They are known as the Bulls, and they were founded just in 2017 at all. This is their first year in the A-League. Uh, they play in southwest Sydney, Southwest and really in the entire western or interior portion of Sydney is very, very working class. So if you like that sort of aspect for teams to root for, the new MacArthur Bulls may be just the team for you. Very well balanced. Fourth best offense, third best defense. Uh, key guy to look for, tied for number one in the league in scoring, Matt Derbyshire. Uh, he's been around a long time, 35 years old. He has never played for the Premier League in England, where he's from, but he has played for a number of championship-level teams. Most re recent one was Rotterdam, although not that recently, because, as an interesting side note, he just spent the last four years with Omonia in the Cyprus Premier League. And match number 10, we're done. Finally! And our final official match of the 10 to track, fear not, we still have our three bonus matches to go, is a Wednesday match. Match number 10 leads us to the UEFA Champions League. We couldn't ignore it, but rather than, just like with those derbies, try to match other podcast hosts with a deep dive, in-depth preview, I thought, why not let's get our gambling on, and for real this time, Noobstradamus, I am sorry for trying to put one over on you previously. Let's find out, as he touches the spirit world in search of footy knowledge, who he thinks is going to win the round of 16 second leg matchup between 
PSG, they are playing host to Barcelona. And just as a side note, PSG won the first leg uh, 4-1. to one. So, uh, he of the 35-year-old spiritual mind, Oobstradamus, take it away. Tell us what you think, brother. I take it upon myself to prognosticate for you for this football match. I put myself in a trance. In my mind, I am tossed back in time to the 6th century, to Burgundy, Autun, and what would become France, the time of Saint Germain himself. Germain is rifling through the room we occupy in the Abbey of Saint Symphorian, digging out handfuls of the few precious coins left to the order there. As abbot, he surely has the right to what he's doing, but more evil than good will eventually come of his actions I knew and warned him the monks will rebel against his leadership. He would do what he had always done, take the coins he could carry and distribute them throughout the commune as alms. I may not hold with Catholicism, but Germain was a good and austere man, but blind. Monks appear at our door, crying out, He's at it again! Soon the Abbey shall have nothing at all! I am compelled by the power of the Christ! Nina, Nina, and Amen! Germain taunts. We run, but the mob of monks catches us just outside the Abbey doors. He takes the tithes and leaves us nothing! They shout as they strip him of his meager robe and shake the coins loose. Tithes. The tenths. Ten. And leaving him nothing. The vision fades with startling quickness. But I have gathered the otherworldly knowledge you seek. Noob, on the appointed day it is Paris Saint-Germain who shall be left with nothing. They will lose to Barcelona. Zero ten and be unceremoniously removed from the hallowed Champions League knockout stage. I have seen. I have spoken. And yes, I've taken up smoking the lotus leaves again. Nina, Nina. Nil ten. After getting clocked on the road four to one, Upset by PSG for what some people call the Farmers League, the French League One, and PSG is not even having that strong a year this year. The spirit world is communicating two and three Noobstradamus. The Barcelona are going to win nil ten on the road. This isn't American football. This is football football, not gridiron. But if that's what the spirits are telling him, Gamble responsibly, but I guess we know where to put our quid. We could all get very rich off this. Good luck, Barcelona, and good luck to us all. And now time for my favorite part of the podcast. Now that we're through with our official 10 of tracking, our three bonus matches. I put up the various qualifying matches in each of these categories on Twitter, and you have elected to vote. Thank you so much for your votes and your patronage. We got a record number of votes this week in all the polls collectively. By the way, my handle on Twitter is SoccerNoobUSA. That's N-O-O-B on the noob, SoccerNoobUSA. 
I'd love to have you participating in the polls or talking footy with me in any way, shape, or form. Thank you so much for taking part and engaging. So, as I do every week, I have scoured the leagues of the world looking for qualifying matches for the various bonus matches. This first one is one that you have selected, a first versus last place matchup that we like to call Person Noob. Route, 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 of, 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 of. The week, 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 week. And the match that you voted for comes from Switzerland. It is a Saturday match. The Swiss Super League is the number 17 rated league in UEFA. They get a Champions League berth in the second qualifying round, two ECL second qualifying berths. They also have one team get automatically relegated, and then their second-to-last place team at the end of the year, they have to win some sort of playoff with a team from the second tier called the Challenge League for the right to stay up in the Top Flight Super League. They're over halfway through the season, and your matchup is number one, Young Boys of Bern versus last place, FC Faduz, F-A-D-U-Z, Faduz. A little bit about each. Young Boys, they are from Bern. We actually previewed them last week. From the west central part of the country, it is the de facto capital, sort of a federal city, of just under a half a million people. They are the three-time league defending champions, made their first Champions League group stage just a couple years back, 2018. Best offense and defense going in the league. It is the defense that is particularly setting them apart. They average letting in less than one goal per match. Key player to look for, number one league scorer, Ensame, he is from a striker from Cameroon. Uh, he played with Angers that we talked about earlier in France League One uh, for 2012 through 16, and he's even got a couple of Cameroonian national team caps to his credit. And then their goalkeeper is just excellent. Number one in the league statistically, and one of my favorite names I've run across before, David Von Balmoos, B-A-L-L-M-O-O-S, just like last week. I don't have a joke there. I just like the name. Meanwhile, a team that we have not talked about before, FC Fadutz. And if you follow European football at all, or if you just kind of know your geography, you may be thinking, Fadutz, isn't there a town in Liechtenstein of that name? Yes, and not by coincidence. This team is from Liechtenstein. That is the capital. Uh, last year, they were playing in the Swiss Challenge League. They always play in the Swiss league system. Liechtenstein does not. They have an FA, but they do not have a league system of their own. So a handful, something like seven teams, I believe, in Liechtenstein play at various professional and semi-professional levels in Switzerland. They finished number two in the Swiss Challenge League last year to get promoted to the top flight. Uh, interesting things about this relationship. Their club has to play 150 million euros every year in order to be allowed to play as a foreign, uh, quote-unquote, guest club. And as you might imagine, uh, the Liechtenstein FA, they have worked hard to try to get them to take that away. But uh, the Swiss have said, uh, no, we want your money. And so, so far, they've been getting it. This team holds the all-time, I believe, UEFA record for most FA Cup wins. They play in Liechtenstein for an FA Cup. That's what their uh, organization actually puts on, and they have won it a whopping 47 times in the past. They uh, therefore also represent Liechtenstein in the uh, Europa League because the FA Cup winners always get to go there. In fact, if they won 
the uh, Premier League, they would not be allowed to go to the Champions League representing Switzerland. So the EL right now is the best they can do. And the best they've ever done there is the third qualifying round. Uh, this year, in the first qualifying round, they lost to Hibernians out of Malta, a team that we were just talking about. Uh, give you some perspective overall, this team is just maybe barely in the top 200 in UEFA. And it didn't used to be this way, but uh, right now almost the entire team is made up of foreigners. Uh, not that bad for a last place team. They've got five wins. They're 5, 7, and 11. But that said, they've got the worst offense and defense in the league. And the offense is really the bigger problem. They don't even average a goal per match. And as you might imagine, they have the league's worst goal differential as well. That all said, they are tied with second-to-last place Scion in the table, and the two of them collectively are six points from total safety. Uh, the best player, the guy that might look for in the box score, if they have any hopes of pulling up what would be a gigantic upset, because young boys have absolutely run away with this league. They're ahead by something like 19 points. Anyway, the guy to look for, Milan uh, Gajic. He is Serbian, a central midfielder, 34 years old, and he spent his entire career uh, in Switzerland, basically. He's got two goals and five assists on the year. Uh, unlike in the Italian Serie A, I am not predicting an upset for this one. I think it will be a nice, easy coast, if you will, for young boys, and they will win 4 0. The second of our bonus matches is the one that I like to think truly sets this podcast apart from any other. Everybody and anybody, including me, spends a lot of time talking about the best teams in various leagues. Very occasionally, you will even hear people talking about teams in the relegation zone, at the bottoms of their leagues. But ain't nobody else bringing you anything like the most meaningless match in the world. Once again, on Twitter, you voted on it. I selected it. I have looked at all the leagues from all over the world looking for perfectly middling matchups. Teams that are exactly trapped between being as far as away as they can from the top of the standings and bursts into international competitions equidistantly from the bottom of the standings where they're in risk of relegation. And the match, the most meaningless match of the world that you have voted for, takes us to Asia, specifically Kuwait's Premier League. It is the number 34 rated league in the AFC. Uh, they only get one uh Champions League berth, and that team has to start in the playoff round, and their second-place team doesn't even get to go there. They go to a secondary competition called the Asian Cup. And then most years, two out of the ten teams get relegated. Uh, based on things that happened last year with COVID and teams getting relegated, and I, I'm not as sure as uh, I'm not as sure what's going to happen with this particular league. But in any case, in a way, for this matchup, it doesn't matter because this is the most meaningless match. Number six. Al Somaya versus number five, Al Sahel. Hey, it's fun to throw a little spotlight on teams that isn't anybody else in the world going to be talking about. And so let's talk about them. Al Somaya, number six. I love their nickname. I'm sure that as often happens, there's something lost in the translation. In English, they are known as the Terrible Troublers. Sounds like something from like a Sesame Street sketch. Uh, let's see. The city of Samaya is in the east central part of the country. It is a port city of about 235,000. Interesting side note. Uh, the one sister city I found for them, they have a relationship with South Park, Colorado. Did they kill Kenny? You Kuwaiti bastards. I'm not even going to try to do the character voices anyway. Um, 
This is another interesting side note. In the non-port area, the western part of the city has a huge amount of foreigners that live there, especially people from India. So this team is very, very popular, more popular far and away uh, with uh, foreign nationals and people outside of Kuwait than any other team in the league, despite the fact that they're so average. Uh, they do have four league titles to their credit, but the last one was won back in 1999-2000 season. Uh, they made the Champions League group stage in their only appearance in that competition. That was in 2005. And uh, let's see, the last full season that they got to play domestically was the 2018-19 season. They finished number three. This year, they are 2-0-3. It is very early on in the season. They've got a negative two goal differential. Uh, this is going to be a slow-paced game. Both teams are like this. In fact, their defense is below average, but the defense is well above average. What offense they do manage to get, uh, like so many teams all over the world, they've got a Brazilian attacker. 33-year-old veteran named Patrick Alves. He is the number two league-leading scorer in this one. Meanwhile, all Sahel, your challengers. They play out of Abu Halifa, which is a very small town, but near to Somaya. They were just promoted from the second level team, uh, second level league in Kuwait last year. It might have been two years ago. Take that with a grain of salt. The whole COVID thing is throwing off some of my notes. The best domestic finish that they've ever had, they were the runners up in the Amir Cup, which is Kuwait's FA Cup back in 1998 99. This year, a very middling 2-1-2, two, two, plus one goal differential as well. And they have the number two leading league scorer, yet another Brazilian, another veteran, 35 years old. Although, interestingly, this guy traditionally plays defender. Leo Bahia is the guy putting him in the back of the net for them. And now at last, dear Nubites, we have come to the end of our episode 23 podcast road for the Baker's dozenth match. Uh, for number 13, we don't like to end on notes of happiness or joy. Oh no, this is noob, but rather of sadness. Let there be stern looks for these last two clubs facing off that we're going to talk about. Or if it is particular to your culture or your preference, turn your back on them entirely and shun them. They are full well worthy of your scorn. Last and second to last place teams facing off in what we call the match of Disappointed! Yes, Kevin Sorbo, I can feel the scorn in your Herculean voice. Thank you very much for your efforts. You have voted for it on Twitter. The match of Disappointed is a Sunday match. And we go to the European country of North Macedonia to the first football league, their premier league. This is the number 38 UEFA league. No thanks to these two teams we're going to be talking about. Uh, that's up one from a year ago. They just passed by Armenia. Uh, two teams from this league are going to get relegated, and then there's risk for two other ones. The next two up in the standings have to face off in a uh, relegation playoff, perhaps with some second-level teams as well. So a lot of teams could get kicked out, and these two, very deservingly, will probably be two of them. I present you with number 11, Belasica, taking on last place, Academy Pandev. Belasica admittedly they they could climb a little bit they're only uh one spot up from partial safety from the next team above them that's in the relegation playoff zone four from actual safety but oh woe to the men or boys if you will of academy pandev uh they are behind Belasica by nine and they are going nowhere but down 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 and they're about two-thirds of the way through the season here too Belasica, you also Strangely intrigue and yet disappoint with your offering of a mascot for some reason, and I don't think they are native or indigenous to this area of Europe, 
They are the kangaroos. Go figure. They're from the city of Trumica. I believe the S at the front is silent. Uh, it's near the uh, Belasica Mountains, which, of course, are the ones the club is named for. It's a city of about 55,000 on the eastern border near Bulgaria. Now, you may have heard within the last year that uh, Ryan Reynolds, the uh, Canadian Hollywood actor and another guy, uh, recently bought fifth level and I think Welsh team Wrexham. Well, they've got nothing on what's going on here. There's a kickboxer named Slavcho Vaskov Pinda hyphenated last name there who bought this club all on his own in 2015 sole owner so take that ryan reynolds stick it in your green lantern or something that was rude anyway about this club uh to their credit internationally they made the europa league twice in the early 2000s uh they finished uh second place in this league those two particular preceding years uh fairly recently they've been down as low as the third level in the north macedonian pyramid and yes apparently there is one but then they went off and they won uh the third division and the second division in consecutive years and then i think they yo-yoed back down and then just got promoted back up again this year well get ready for one more yo you're going back down probably Belasica. we've got the second worst offense and then the worst defense in the league by a mile letting in well over two goals per game on average uh what slim hopes they have of any sort of productivity as a truly disappointed and disappointing team, tied for number three in the league in scoring, Antonio Kalinowski. Meanwhile, Academy Pandev, uh, they are also in the city of Trumica, and they are owned by the all-time probably greatest North Macedonian footy player of all time, Goran Pandev, apparently a better player than owner. They're founded in 2010. They've only made the... Uh, Europa League one time, that was last year, and they lost something like nil to seven to some team from Bosnia-Herzegovina. Uh, let's see, they only got promoted up to this league in 2017. Uh, last year, they did a little bit better, finished seventh place, but they're sucking harder this year. Worst offense in the league, better than average defense, tied for number six. So they got to make it a nice boring game if they're going to have any shot at something other than a nil-nil tie. Uh, best player they probably have going on offense anyway is Marjan or Marjan Radeski. He is the team's leading scorer and attacker with four goals. And so on behalf of Person Noob, we'd like to give a rousing Bronx cheer for the sad sack bottom feeders who don't get their bedrooms back if they ever bother to decide to come home just stay out there if you do come back you gotta sleep over the garage and take a space heater with you i hope that didn't seem too harsh but that's how we roll here at team noob stick a fork in it if you wish it be done. This has been episode 23 of the 10 to track weekly world match previews podcast. Thank you so much. We really endeavor my daughter and I to put together something truly unique and we appreciate your listening. It's a little bit of information on a lot of different teams and leagues that not a lot of other podcasts talk about, certainly not all at once. And it's just been a great lens for me to both learn about uh, football, which I've only been following for a few years, and then a neat lens at which to look at the entire 
entire world. And my daughter gets to learn quite a bit too, which is lots of fun. And we also have a little bit of fun, put in some comedy and some silliness when it's time to talk about some of the biggest matches from the biggest leagues. We hope you get a kick out of some of that, that this is a really nice change of pace podcast compared to other ones that are great that I know you're listening to. A quick reminder, one more time, you can find me on Twitter at Soccer Noob USA. Thank you very much to my daughter, Persa Noob, for all of her contributions to longtime friend, editor, and producer, heretofore known as the management for everything that he does, and to Dan, the former internal Dan, the former Interno Inferno, I usually have an easier time saying that, for everything that he contributes to the podcast as well. And most importantly, one more time, thank you to you. And for that, I hope you have the most fabulous of footy weeks. Take care. (laughs) 